photographs and memories. A travel market life series sponsored by Atomize. My memory maker today is Alexandra Feldman. Alexandra holds a master's degree in finance and service management from Lund University. She started her career with the Meltwater Group as a sales consultant. She was soon promoted to managing director for the region and later appointed agency relations manager. In 2012, her experience in the Nordic market led her to the position of marketing director at Jolly Room, the Nordic's largest toddler and baby store. Today, she is the chief marketing officer at Atomize and also part of the management team. Passionate about brand strategy, her aim is to build the Atomize brand worldwide. Photographs and Memories. Alexandra Fielman, welcome to Photographs and Memories. Thank you so much, Michael. So you've shared three photographs of places and people with us, moments that are important to you, either professionally or personally. During the course of our conversation, we'll come to each photograph and you'll take us on a journey through time, reflecting on the significance of that moment. You've also brought along a souvenir, which, you, which has a special place in your heart. But before we get to these, I want to know how you came to work in the hospitality industry. Please tell me about that. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be uh, on this uh, podcast. So uh, I actually ended up working in the hospitality um, technology space uh, in 2019 when I joined Atomize. Um, and I didn't have any particular, you know, experience with hospitality since before, um, not in my career at least. And I'd probably never heard the word revenue management. So I can honestly say uh, that when I joined Atomize, it was... Um, a new space for me um, and I was uh, the reason that I joined was primarily because I was uh, drawn to the people of Atomize the team that really inspired me um, so the founders of Atomize and my immediate boss Alexander Edstrom uh, we, we also know each other since before um, we used to work together in a in another uh, SaaS company called uh, Meltwater which were in the media and monitoring industry and that was around 10 years ago uh, so we've always kind of followed each other's careers and, you know, stayed in contact. Uh, so when Atomize wanted to, to more commercialize and, and more strategically build a global brand, I think they realized that they needed a marketing person. Uh, and that's when Alexander contacted me in 2018. And when I think when we began our journey and I joined in, in March in 2019. Fantastic. And one of the things that's really surprised me and, and is remarkable is how knowledgeable you are of the, of the space. In such a short period of time, you've really excelled in becoming an expert in, in all matters, revenue management and pricing optimization. What is your approach to embracing and learning new things? Well, I think, I mean, I love to challenge myself and to, to put me um, in a context where, you know, things are totally new for me. And um, this is a good example of that, right? So, uh, when I joined Atomize, I really embraced the people in my team and and also the the customers that we had at that point and um, the partners that we worked with. So for me, it was really to just connect, um, connect with revenue management experts, connect with consultants, connect with customers, uh, and of course, my, my colleagues and learn as much as I could because I had the digital marketing expertise. I already had that from, from working 15 years strategically in e-commerce business to um, uh, to other B2B companies. So, so that was my expertise, but I wanted to, to, to get to know the revenue management field and, and um, uh, the hotel technology space. So, so I really just 
connected a lot uh, and reached out and asked all the stupid questions. <laughs> Great. So let's turn to your first photograph. In this photograph, you're riding some rapids in a, an inflatable boat. Uh, you look terrified or about to fall over. I'm not too sure which, but uh, please yeah. tell me about the photograph and what it means to you. Well, so, so my first photograph um, is from a trip to Norway that I took in 2016 uh, together with some of my, my closest friends. So um, uh, we drove uh, to Voss in Norway. Uh, so Voss is a small location. Uh, what is it? Uh, northwest of, from Oslo, like a three-hour drive. So uh, it's well known for river rafting. Um, and uh, so we did this one day river rafting adventure and it was extremely fun, uh, a real adrenaline boost, I can tell you, as you can see on the picture. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think to do this kind of things, it really, I mean, once again, I love to put myself in, in, in new situations and I've never tried river rafting before. Um, uh, so, so it was a really new experience for me, but it was I mean, it was fantastic to, to do that together with my closest friends. And um, um, I think it also relates back to me that I, I love to do things outdoors and in the nature. And um, this was one of those things that I always wanted to try. Almost it was on my bucket list for a couple of years. Um, so it's also about, you know, putting yourself outside your comfort zone and um, and to, to challenge yourself. Um, yeah, so that was a good example Um when I wanted to really challenge myself. And I think uh, for me, it was, uh, yeah, I don't look particularly calm on this picture, but, <laughs> but afterwards it was almost redemptive. I almost felt, you know, reborn after that experience. Um, and we did actually, not our boat, but one of the other boats, they did actually fall over uh, and, and everyone, all the six um, um, people fell into the water. So it was a little bit scary, but um, they just swam into the to the side uh, to the shore, so that was fine. So you've mentioned that you're an outdoors lover. Clearly, um, you know that that plays an important part in your 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 life. But please explain why nature and space are so important to you. Well, I do believe. I mean, for me, I'm brought up in the countryside. I, I um, lived my first twenty years um, in a small village in uh, south of Sweden, like middle out in the forest. It's only 50, um, 50 inhabitants and that or you know people living in that small village and uh, I've always been out a lot of the in the woods and the forest and I had my own horse since I was five years old so for me it's always been a lot of spending time outdoors with my family and with my sisters um, so I think it's just in my backbone it's it's so natural for me and um, I believe also for I mean it's a foundation for for everyone for humans um, I can I don't think anyone can say that they don't uh, feel um, comfortable being in, in a beautiful forest or, uh, you know, out in the sun. I mean, that's something that we origin from, right? So it gives us a lot of comfort. And I think especially during the latest year and during this pandemic, I mean, and the stress that it, it has put on our daily lives, it's really been an escape, right? Um, and also a way for us to to um to meet with our families and friends during safer conditions um and i think it's been a big help i i know i <clears throat> i read a recent survey done by bbc in the uk during the first wave of the pandemic and it showed that people 
who have access to green spaces and, and uh, private gardens, they reported a much better health and, and well-being uh, during and after the first lockdown. So, of course, it, it matters uh, and it really affects us. So Atomize is the first Swedish company I've worked for. And what, what is remarkable is the uh, the work-life balance that exists within the organization. And I t- believe this is not typical of Atomize. It's typical of most Swedish organizations, this, this understanding that work-life balance is really important. Can you explain that a little bit more and why that happens to be um, the situation within, within Sweden? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think you are completely right. And um, I have the same experience when I've connected to um, partners globally and, and you come from different countries, you come from different cultures. And I think there's a saying that we have a, a Swede way, the Swede way. <laughs> and I think it relates back to this. For example, we have a parental leave. You are able to stay home with your child for one year with full uh, 80% of your salary. And the government pays that. So, I mean, it's really, uh, it's high on the prioritization to keep um, that work-life balance exactly as you say. And I think it always have been. And of course, this pandemic has also even more um, um, pushed that uh, in the right direction. So I think uh, if we look at companies in, in Sweden today, I think they will have a hard time to recruit people if they don't adopt to this flexible working environment. It will be hard and it will be especially hard for um for younger the younger generation because they they do know what they can demand and uh, it is a new type of working culture absolutely even though i think as you say that sweden have been um um early early on that um as you say yeah really setting a, an example for for other companies and other countries to to follow so in your next photograph um it's a photo of you and three other people covered top to tail in in mud <laughs> celebrating under under a banner that says toughest why have you chosen this photograph (laughs) well this is also it feels like this is only extreme sports i've chosen but i mean this is also something that it's a fantastic memory and um, um, me and my husband and my husband's brother and uh, another friend the four of us together decided that we wanted to to uh, participate in toughest so toughest is an obstacle challenge race uh, in the nordics and it's one of the, the, the biggest ones. So it's um, you basically run eight kilometer into the woods. You crawl uh, <laughs> in mud, as you can see. Uh, you jump over fences. You climb out. Uh, you climb up um, uh, cliffs. Uh, so it's basically eight kilometers with 52 different obstacles that you need to, um, um, yeah, to um, overcome or, or, or run through. And um for us, it was, we did this at the team. It was my first race. I do exercise a lot. I do run a lot, but I've never tried this kind of uh, race. So it was really tough. And some of the obstacles, I was really afraid. You know, you had to climb up a, a wall of, you know, five or six meters and uh, get down on the other side uh, without uh, hurting yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we did it as a team. And um, uh, I think it's also the same again, like you have to try new things. And if you if you think that an obstacle is is, is too challenging, uh, you can together with the team uh, motivate your friends and really help you and and you know to to conquer to conquer the, the obstacles along the way. And we really did. So um, yeah, it was an amazing amazing challenge. So lots of lots of extreme sports going on in, in your <laughs> photographs in your memories. Do you do you play other sports, normal sports, so to speak? 
<laughs> yeah, I do actually play uh, paddle, uh, which is this uh, global new sport that everyone plays. It almost feels like, uh, and uh, golf as well. So that that's that's calmer. <laughs> Good. So, you know, uh, extreme sports, the outdoors, that, that plays a, a significant role in your life. Um, but what factors do you consider when you're choosing a new destination? Is it always about the outdoors or do you look at other things as well? Mm, that's a good question. I think it's it's the same thing there. That I, For example, me and my husband, we have been discussing for a couple of years if we should uh, buy an apartment in Spain or, you know, get a place somewhere, get a summer house. But then we kind of always come back to the same conclusion. And that is that, but hey, we are not that kind of people. We're kind of restless. We want to see new places. So maybe uh, to to own another um, property is not, is not the road we want to go because doesn't, it doesn't suit us. So maybe, I don't know if it's a generation question perhaps as well. You know, I would be happy to, I've rented a, many different places on Airbnb and I like this idea of home swapping. And I think... Um, to, to put yourself and experience new things and see new landscapes in new countries and new cities. And it doesn't really matter. It's not like I have a list of criteria or this is important. It's, it's mostly that I want to experience new things. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, let, let's turn to your third photograph. It's of a beautiful scenes, uh, seascape, uh, uh, tranquil blue ocean. It looks stunning. Uh, please explain the significance of, of this one. Yeah, so my third picture is uh, taken in um, the Italian village Ravello in 2013 during me and my husband's honeymoon along the Amalfi Coast in Italy. So this was one of the, the, the stops that we did. We had a, a tour. Uh, we went from Positano um, uh, and then we drove up the hills to Ravello. Um, so Ravello is, uh, um, I can explain it, it's just this, tiny wonderful uh, village on the top of a cliff and then you have 400 meters it's 400 meters above the sea uh, and it's a home to iconic cliffside gardens they have a, this huge botanic gardens in the middle of Ravello uh, with a big um, uh, or what do you call it um, theater where they have big concerts like Andrea Bocelli and and, and uh, profiles like that so it's really amazing and we just ended up in this very, very small. I think we hadn't pre-scheduled any, pre-booked any hotel. So we basically just drove there and we ended up in this very tiny, um, um, tiny Italian boutique hotel that was uh, owned by um, an Italian family. And I think they had like 12 rooms. So very, very small, very uh, like old hotel. But it was just amazing. It almost felt like, you know, you were invited to their personal family dinner. Um and I will always remember that that place. And it was not, I mean, it was not uh, extremely expensive or extremely fancy or anything. It was just that Italian family was wonderful. They came, they brought their own wines from their kitchen and said, you have to try this wine. And it goes very well along with this food and just um, very personal. Um, so I will always remember that. And and do you, when you go on holidays, is that something you do is sort of engage with the local cultures and try and learn, you know, treat it as a as a learning experience as well, rather than just uh, hedonism and pleasure? Yeah, it's funny that you ask that. Actually, every time we go somewhere, I, I usually never look on, for example, TripAdvisor, which restaurants I should go to. I always ask the locals. 
because that's when you find those tiny uh, places that no one knows about and usually you know they can serve the absolute best dishes from a front back door <laughs> basically yeah absolutely so we're nearly at the end of time i've got one last question to ask you and then we can look at your souvenir um is there anywhere in the world that you would like to go to that you haven't yet been able to visit Oh yeah, I, ha I mean, it's not like it's one place, uh, but I have a couple of uh, things instead that I would like to experience on my bucket list. And one of them is um, to swim with dolphins. It may sound silly, but it actually, I just, uh, I've always um, enjoyed uh, animals and been very interested in animals in general. And I mean, everything from that we've had, I had my own horse uh, since I was five years to I was 21. I had several horses and um, I'm also brought up in the countryside. We had uh, four dogs when I was young and we have the rabbits, um, you know, so, so, and so I always been in some sense surrounded by animals and to have that kind of communication and connection with animal is fantastic. And dolphins uh, is very intelligent animals. Um, and um, that's, yeah, that's one reason I always wanted to swim with dolphins and be close to them and kind of feel their, you know, if you can communicate in some way. So that's one thing. Um, another thing that I've always wanted to do is also to go to Tibet and do this um, famous hiking um, trail that I can't remember the name of right now. But <laughs> um, So, yeah, that is also something that I considered. Yeah, lovely. And that's a nice connection back to nature and the outdoors. So, yes, uh, definitely a theme, a theme in your travels yeah. there. Alexandra, it's uh, been a pleasure having you as our memory maker today. Uh, but before we wrap up, please tell us about your souvenir. Yeah, so it was very hard to kind of choose one souvenir. But then I realized when I looked at my refrigerator the other day that we actually have a lot of refrigerator magnets that me and my husband decided to start to collect a couple of years ago or basically um, 10 years ago, just after we met um, we started to travel and do these trips and vacations and weekends and so on. We said it would be very nice to have some kind of memory from these trips. Um, and then we bought these refrigerator magnets <laughs> to remember our trips and vacations. So we do have, so this, this picture shows four of them. Um, so two of them are actually from, yeah, you live in London. So, you know, Michael from Modern Tate in London and the London Eye. That was the same uh, like weekend trip that we did uh, I think oh, like six months after we met and then uh, it's from Paris and we went to a weekend in Paris when it was um, when I turned 35 so that was my um, my birthday present actually a surprise trip it was uh, fantastic very romantic uh, and then the fourth one is Italy the honeymoon so I mean what couldn't be a better way of uh, remembering those fantastic travel memories than on your refrigerator that you see every day right Absolutely. You're going to have to buy a bigger fridge soon. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> Alexandra, you've been a wonderful guest. Uh, thank you once again for sharing your photographs and memories with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate having me. Photographs and Memories, sponsored by Atomize, produced by Haynes Marcons as a travel market life series. For more, visit travelmarket.life.